This episode is brought to you exclusively by Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market. This means that at running stores, they sell more Curex insoles than any other brand, and with good reason. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. Marathon season is upon us. The Twin Cities Marathon is the first weekend in October. The Chicago Marathon is the weekend after that. And the Marine Corps Marathon, the virtual Boston Marathon, and plenty of others around the country flood our fall calendars. It's so exciting. Today, we're going to talk the ins and outs of that 26.2-mile distance with Allie Nolan, author of the recently released Master of the Marathon, the ultimate training guide for women. Allie is the former features editor and current contributor to Runner's World magazine and lives in Utah. Welcome, Allie. Dimity, it's so good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's exciting. Well, so um, so tell us about your background. If people don't know you, did you grow up running or tell us how you got involved in the sport? What a great question. So no, I was a terrible runner as a kid, but um, was kind of forced to join cross country. So I it was painful, um, probably because I had no idea what I was doing. And then I took a very long time off. Um, kind of did the I'm drinking and smoking and too cool for school thing. And then um, <laughs> were those the collegiate years, Allie? You got it. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I re found I, you know, it was an interesting journey. I was just like, one day I was like, I'm so sick of feeling terrible at the age of like 25. And I um, hopped on a treadmill and I was like, I wonder if I can still run a mile. And I, I could. Uh, shockingly. So (laughs) I was like, you know what, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to actually try to run. And then the love just grew and grew. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, and so, um, is working at runner's world. I mean, do you have, is the prerequisite you have to be a runner? Yeah. So, um, in my interview process, I was, I am like a very, what you would call pedestrian runner, you know, and, uh, I was asked by one of the editors who actually wasn't a runner, was actually a golfer, but a very talented editor. He said, well, what have you run so far? And I was like, well, I've done a bunch of five K's and I've done a bunch of half marathons. And he's like, well, what's your half marathon PR? And I was like, oh, it's like 159. And he was like, well, that's that's pretty slow. And I was like, is, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And wait, and this is coming from a golfer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, as soon as I joined the staff, it was, um, I immediately signed up for a marathon because I was like, oh, I'm not in that club yet. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and so, I mean, (laughs) spoiler alert in the back at the end of master the marathon, you talk about signing up for the Marine Corps Marathon, actually, feeling some peer pressure, right? And did, t- tell us a little bit about that, because that's going to make you feel, feel very approachable. Yes. Okay. So I signed up for the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, by the way, really good first-timer marathon. Um, I, I, just good marathon in general. Anyway, yeah, I trained so hard. I trained, like, was a total slave to the plan. Um, and I made this, like, secret goal um, that I was like, I have to break four hours because I want my coworkers to respect me. And, you know, my ego got in the way. 
And um, yeah. so I was just like, I really, really put everything I had into training for that race, but I injured myself. And I injured myself and I didn't want to tell anybody. It was like a secret um, because I was embarrassed because I had essentially overtrained. And I was like, well, what kind of a runner's world editor of I, if I injure myself on my way to my very first marathon? Well, obviously, like, you know, (laughs) it's pretty common, like really common. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you ended up, I mean, so then I was kind of like, I was reading through this description of you talking about that. You ended up, was it, did you break your foot or what did yeah. you do to it? Yes. It was a very tiny stress fracture in my foot, which I mean, the, the bones in your feet are bird bones. Like, yes. it, of course, you know, and um, it's incredible how painful a teeny tiny crack can be. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I mean, I, for what it's worth, I, it wasn't my first marathon, but it was my second and I've only done two is um, I got a stress fracture in my my heel. And oh. um, yeah, and uh, I got through the race, but I had to take a lot of time off. Um, but it's it's hard. I mean, it's, it's really painful. And when you really want something, it is hard to reconcile those two things, right? Like what you know you should do and what your heart tells you to do, right? Absolutely, right. Yeah. Because yeah. any normal person would say, any normal, you know, medical professional or seasoned runner, or even me now would look at, you know, younger me and say, don't run this race. Like just wait, you know, if you're in that much pain, don't worry about it. But man, when you want to get to the end of a marathon, you will do anything. Like I totally get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so we often call the marathon, the mother load of races around these parts. So why is it so appealing and challenging Allie? I mean, it's, oh, it's got both sides to it, doesn't it? It really does have both sides to it. Um, I think it's so appealing because it it is the longest event that most people will do, right? Like, you know, now the ultra marathoners are trying to take over, but like, let's be honest, the marathon is much better. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> many people just, you know, are drawn to it because they, we do have those great events, the big city events, New York, Marine Corps, Chicago. Um, and then we also have like these heroes, in America that are racing so well, like Des and Shalane and obviously Molly Seidel. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is making it grow in popularity, especially for women, but it is so challenging. Also part of the appeal, right? Especially for women who are like maybe a little type A, a little crazy, like me, I'm not, like, I'm saying that in the nicest possible way. Um, sure. You just want to do this thing. You want to get to this end of 26.2 miles that like most people drive that not run it um so the challenge is a big appeal but it hurts you know and I think I say that throughout the book that um you are basically signing up for at least 12 months or I'm sorry not 12 months 12 you're signing up for at least 12 weeks of intense training and sometimes pain physical and mental Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so how do you know if you're physically ready to train for a marathon? Because in your book, you give um, like three levels of training plans for like beginners, intermediate and advanced. So um, if somebody's listening to this for the first time, they're like, well, could I run a marathon? Like kind of do you have ideas about how to know if you're ready? Um, So if you're feeling like you want to run a marathon and maybe you have never run a mile in your life, um, you can do it, but you have to start walking. You have to start with time on your feet. So that's like my um, 
pre-base plan is what I call it in the book, which is like, you know, you really do start walking 20 minutes one day, you take a day off, you walk 20 minutes the next day. And I take you through where you build, like maybe you're running one minute and then you're running or then you're walking two minutes, but you do that for 15 minutes. So, um, you know, you could use that plan. You could use couch to 5k, but you're basically just getting yourself to run for 30 minutes. And then you might be able to go to like base training plan. Um, I recommend like spending an entire 12 to 18 month cycle training for a marathon. And that's like for um, beginner and intermediate runners, because I think being gentle and going very conservatively will help you not be injured. Um, You know, advanced runners, I think. um, And those are the people that are running 25 to 30 miles per week, just in general, just to maintain. Right. And that's probably, you know, a a good percent of your audience maybe, but like, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. I mean, so I, I agree with you. I think that a ramp, a slow ramp up and making sure that you have enough miles on your feet, on your ligaments, on your tendons, you know, are, um, is important to avoid injury and make the whole thing enjoyable. But I think it also is hard when we have this like Amazon Prime mentality these days. You're like, wait, it can't be here tomorrow. Wait, I can't train for a marathon in eight weeks. You know, and I, I mean, I understand it rationally, but I also feel it very much, um, you know, rubbing up against the the mentality of these times. So kind of how, how do you reconcile those two things? It's such a, oh, it's so true. And I mean, like I am literally the person that went and photocopied a plan out of a book. I didn't even like take the book out of the library and was like, I'm going to run this marathon and it's going to only take me 12 weeks. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, and so the way I reconcile it now, like in my own training, cause I'm ramping back up after an injury is like, um, I'm a little bit older and I'm like, I have to be kind to myself. And yes. part of that is being patient. And, um, I think that women deserve that and we deserve to be nice to ourselves. <laughs> so that's kind of what I remind myself of a lot. Cause I still, you know, I want to run a marathon tomorrow, but guess what? No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. Are you, so are you training for a specific race right now? Or are you just kind of getting back to running after being injured? Oh, so I am training for a 5K. Uh, okay. Perfect. And that is going to be a haunted 5K. I'm so excited about it because it'll be my first. Re- I mean, you know, a lot of people took racing off last year because of COVID. Um, but this will be my first race in about two years because um, I I did. I, I overtrained again. And yeah. then I added like other sports onto it which is silly anyway so uh so okay, i get you but, i hear you well, yeah. you're talking to a, a chronically injured runner as well right so we're, we're, we're good people to give advice here we're like yeah, yeah right take four years to get your marathon starting line and you maybe you won't get injured it's good, it's good. seriously <laughs> thank um, you for understanding yeah yeah well and so one of the things though that we do talk a lot about um around another mother runner is like yes you might be physically ready for it or, or ready to do it but when, when do you know if you're mentally ready for it? Like, I think sometimes, again, you know, we have a, a we as women speaking very stereotypically is, you know, we like to like cram things in and make sure that, you know, oh, I've got my 40 before 40 goal or I've got to get this done for this birthday or I've got to get this done before my son turns 10 or whatever it happens to be. Um, are there life circumstances that you should take into account when you're thinking about the marathon just because of the training? uh, the load that it carries. Yeah, that's, 
such a good point. And I would say, absolutely. Like you don't want to do a marathon in a time of your life that is very hectic um, yeah. because it requires so much time. I mean, at the very minimum, you're going to be running, um, you know, an hour at least on a weekend day. And then the rest of the week, you're going to be running 20 to 30 minutes for at least, you know, two or three times a week. And I, I'm talking like very generally the most basic plans, right? But um, if you are having, you know, your third child and one is going into kindergarten and, you know, you're going on a big vacation to Europe and it's, you know, maybe separate that a bit (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, you can't fit it all in and that's okay. Like, you know, you have to prioritize your life. And then when you're ready to prioritize the marathon, do it because it kind of does take over your life. I don't know. Was that your experience? It took over my life both. Oh, it definitely does. I mean, I feel like it, it it becomes a third job, right? Yes. Anything that's that kind of, that kind of commitment, like you're talking about, like the weekends, you know, because you're running for somewhere between, you know, two and a half to maybe four hours at the peak. And, um, and so you're like, okay, well, that's four hours, but that's, prep before that's kind of taking that whole day off after. I mean, it's, it's just, yes, there's a lot that goes into it. And actually that leads really nicely to my next question. So, so good job on the segue, Dimity. Um, so, um, so because <laughs> you write about the beginning, you write in the beginning of your book that there are five parts to marathon training, which I just thought was so smart. There's running, we know the miles, that's what you think of when you think of marathon training, but there's also mentality, there's strength training, there's nutrition, and there's recovery. So that's five things. Again, running, mentality, strength training, nutrition, and recovery. So why, you know, why, why do you think it was so important to, to parse it out like that? Yeah. Um, I thought it was so important because this was like an, an Einstein, you know, moment for me when I realized that yeah. this is like a very holistic experience for your body. And, um, you need to have all of those things keyed in, right? Uh, nutrition is huge. You have to fuel your body to do this level of activity Uh, mentality. Like you have to be positive, but also realistic. And um, that can be challenging. And um, recovery is something surprise was, it was very surprising to me. (laughs) I was like, who needs a rest day? And I actually, I was just on, you know, one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of and um, a woman had posted, she just did her 20 miler and she was so proud. And that was yesterday. And then today she was like, I felt good. And even though it said rest day, I decided to run three miles and I was like, no, don't do it. Don't (laughs) Don't do do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Chill. Um, Because, you know, you need the rest days, you need the recovery time. And so you, I actually like recommend like literally building that in, like, you know, saying, okay, my long run day, I'm running three hours. And then I'm going to also dedicate two hours to at least keeping my feet up. Right. And like, you know, I know that's not realistic for everybody, but it, wouldn't it be nice? (laughs) Yes. Well, it's a nice, it's a nice sentiment. So, I mean, if you say, okay, I'm going to take two hours to take a nap or, you know, an hour to foam roll and stretch and watch TV or whatever you're going to do, you know, at least the intention's there. So maybe you get to it, right? I mean, if you don't even set that intention, then you're not going to get to it, period. Um, Well, you said, I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but there was somebody, a coach that you talked about, was it the three W's of recovery? I kind of liked that. Do you remember that? 
Oh yes, I mean I might remember that. Hold on, it I was... have it. I have it here. It's, it's yeah. Um... Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. I remember because you you read a book so in so many times and yeah, I get it. The production cycle is it not um like it's not like you just wrote this yesterday. Yeah. So there's so she said the three days or the the three W's after a long run are walk, water, and wait, as in wait to run. And I thought that was really nice, like a, a nice brisk walk hydrate like a mother and then wait to run um yeah that's easy it is easy i think my like really good friend coach erica coviello said that and okay. um yeah she is just so good at you know kind of making things very simple for yes. everybody but yeah. anyway like yeah um weight is a huge one the walking you like some people just like don't want to do anything whatsoever but um you know, a little brisk walk, it like really will satisfy that need of empty. Like, I don't know, some people feel empty on their rest days uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> after their long run, you know, sure. and yeah. that satisfies that. Yeah. Yep. Getting outside in some fresh air. Absolutely. Thanks to our friends at Curex for being the sole sponsor of this episode. Follow our lead and swap out the flimsy factory installed sock liners in your running shoes for a pair of customizable Curex insoles. Your feet and body will be glad you did. Curex insoles are the top-selling brand of insoles at running stores. In fact, our graphic designer Rebecca, an avid trail running mother runner, learned about Curex Run Pro insoles from the folks at her local running store. She was complaining of a few foot issues, and their solution, now hers, are Curex Run Pro insoles. She's been running pain-free ever since. As I said, Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable, and they provide dynamic arch support. You see, insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. My high arches appreciate the high profile. Since starting to run with Curex Run Pro insoles two years ago, I've been injury-free despite keeping up my same mileage. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us, AMR15. Well, and so strength training, we, we definitely pound that in again and again, and that is a huge preventer of injuries, good just for general lifestyle as you age, all that stuff. I'm curious, Allie, how do you, um, is strength training a, a chore for you? And I'm putting that in quotes, but I mean, is that something that you are naturally drawn to or is it something that you have to kind of hold yourself accountable to? And if so, how do you do that? So I love strength training, but... I don't always love the strength training that is kind of like your bread and butter, like the stuff like you know you have to do. Um, I think that it's easy to get bored in the gym. Like I would much rather go into like a hit class and like, you know, throw weights around or whatever, but that's not sure. always, especially in marathon training, that is, you know, it doesn't really jive. Um, so it's, it's something that when I'm like, okay, I'm ramping back up right now, or I'm going to run a half marathon. I really have to make a deliberate effort to go into the gym and do what I need to do. Um, and I usually just do it as like a three day split and, uh, 
try to get everything that I know, like your posterior chain, most importantly, and everything else, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you split it up over three days, kind of? I, that's kind of what I do. Um, I've, I've been more regimented. Like when I was really trying to PR for a half marathon, I did something similar to what I put into the book, which is like, a, it's about every other day um, during base training and then going down to three days during in-season training. Um, because you don't want to like overtax your muscles, like, as you know, so yeah, it's, um, you do, I think I just listened to this. Do you do hour long, um, strength training workouts? I do not. I do not. I lead them, um, for many happy miles. I do them, um, twice a week for half an hour. Oh, Um, that's perfect. Yeah. 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 And that's, (laughs) that's actually my dirty secret is that's the way that I get it done is because, um, you know, I do have a hard time, I mean, you know, there's nothing exciting about planking and looking at the dust balls under the couch, right? There's just oh, nothing right. exciting about that, but it's it's very necessary and doing the glute bridges and doing the, you know, all the things that are not, you know, like heavy, like CrossFit kind of moves. Um, and so, so by leading that, and when we just started doing it during the pandemic, like, I'm like, I got to show up and then I get it done. I do it. A lo- I, I cue them as best I can as I'm huffing and puffing and we get it done. So... Yeah, there's something about the rhythm of, of having to show up for somebody else. I think that's really valuable. Um, yeah, actually, the I never had done a dynamic warm up in my life until I started coaching cross country. Oh, and wow. then I was okay. like, oh, I'm making these like little nine and 10 year olds do like uh, a skips. I should maybe do that. And like just because I was doing that three times a week with my own running, then I like implemented it. So, yeah, yes, that's totally great. That. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so out of those five things, I mean, in your experience, which gets neglected the most or where do you feel like people could make? the most improvement with, you know, without making huge changes in their lives, right? We don't have to overhaul everything. Yes. I think that um, mentality gets neglected a lot in running. I think a lot of people are like, oh, running is where I clear my head, but they don't realize that you could get a huge performance boost if you're actually using some like very general sports psychology techniques in terms of imagery and, um, you know, just positive thinking and also self-compassion. So I think that that's like where the most improvement, I think, you know, I have no scientific data to say this, but I really feel like you could, you know, shave minutes off of your time if you're just in the right headspace. Oh, for sure. I mean, have you found that yourself personally? Like, do you kind of do some work on turning things around mentally? Absolutely. Yeah. I am like, <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, and I, I actually like, re- I recently wrote an article about this because, you know, I um, was a kind of chronic negative thinker, um, very much like, I'll give you an example that I wrote in the book. I was like um, training for a marathon. I had run um, a really great 16 miler. And I felt so freaking awesome. And I said to my friend, Oh my gosh, I think I'm peaking too early. And she was like, dude, no, like you're probably just like doing your training. Right. And I was like, wait, Oh, and that kind of clicked with me where I was like, I'm not thinking about things in the healthiest of ways. Right. And that's like a very small example, but, um, when I started to examine a lot of my thoughts, a lot of them were negative or scared or anxious. And so I've done a lot of work of reframing it. So, um, you know, if I'm like, Oh, I'm man, I'm so slow. Right. Now I'm like, 
I'm training as hard as I can at my fitness level, you know, sure. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. constant talking back to myself. And, you know, the only reason I've, I've been writing about this and, and researching it is because the more I talk to other people, men, women, whatever, like the more I realize that we all beat ourselves up like um, a lot, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that there's so much, I mean, I'm working on that a little bit myself. I'm trying to race fast. I'm not, I don't actually run anymore because of just chronic injuries, but I, um, but I'm trying to see how fast I can go in a swim and a bike event. And it is very challenging to, I mean, I'm just naturally glass half empty person. Like that's just how I came out of the womb. And so to like, I mean, just your, your example, like the other day I did a long, like a, a three hour bike ride and I got like, you know, um, they give you little medals, right. In like training peaks and stuff when you, you know, for like my average Watts for 60 minutes or 90 minutes. And I was like, and I got, was my third best. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm racing in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I'm at, I got third, like, you know, like, and, but you know, instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, well, actually I have all this cumulative fatigue and look at that. I'm still like, you know, hanging in there for, you know, with my, my fresh workouts. And so, you know, but I, I literally had to like, it's so funny you said that because I literally looked at those thirds and was disappointed. And I was like, no dimity, that is not the right thing to think, you know, like that is really important to think about that as, oh my God, first of all, I just did that. And second of all, I showed up and it, and it showed up on the leaderboard, my own personal yeah. leaderboard, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's hard. I mean, so do you do that like consistently on like during your runs or I'm just curious because if anyone else is listening and, and it kind of has the same similar mentality, like, is it, is it a constant struggle to turn around or does it get easier? It totally gets easier. I can okay. say that. Um, but at first it's like, it's like one of those things you have to make a habit. Right. Yeah. And, um, I get, I had to do it very simply. Um, my tip that somebody else had told to me, a, a friend that is a social worker was like, try to talk to yourself. Like it's your five-year-old version of yourself. So yeah. like it's, and it's like, to me, it felt ridiculous at first. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be like, I'm this, you know, like, Oh, everything's great type of person. Cause I'm not, but like, sure. <laughs> um, the more, I was nicer to myself, the more that I did say, like, you know, gave myself permission to a, you know, feel the disappointment in whatever way, but then B be like, but you know, like you're doing your best, you know, yeah, yeah. it got easier. And, sure. and now like, I don't find myself having as many of the kind of, you know, negative uh, thoughts that can intrude and sometimes like mess up your training because those thoughts that are like oh I'm so disappointed can sometimes lead to overtraining or lead to just like a a bad mindset getting to your next run sure sure absolutely um okay so one of the other things that you recommend in the book um with mentality are body scans you know both practicing them at home and then doing them when you're out running so how is how is that helpful and you can you kind of talk us through the best way to do that yes so body scan is basically just like, you know, recognizing different things in your body. Um, so I learned about this first in therapy and mm-hmm. then I learned about it in yoga. Um, so I kind of like mushed the two together. Um, so you basically, if you're doing it at home by yourself, um, you lay down. I think laying down is like the nicest way because you're totally relaxed. And then you start at your head and you kind of like, check in. So you're like, okay, head, 
how are you feeling? Right. And like, maybe you have a headache or maybe your jaw is tight and you just kind of go down. Like, and if you can be as specific as possible, I think it's really helpful. So like, I might be like scalp to forehead, to eyes, to ears, to nose, blah, blah, blah. So like really like paying attention and slowly and, and breathing during it, you know, those big inhales and exhales from your diaphragm. Um, it's, it's very nice and relaxing. So then I recommend noting, you know, what feels weird because more often than not, you kind of find like, Oh, my shoulders are tight. And I didn't realize that. Right. And so then you can note that, um, you can also send breath into your shoulders and which might help them relax. So going through at home, you know, I always try to do that to make sure like, is there any weird like niggles that are like, you know, coming up? Like what is going on with my injured foot? Like, how is that feeling today? And I I'll rate it on the pain scale so I can tell my physical therapist or, you know, um, not run as hard the next day. And um, so that's how I use the at home body scan. Okay. When you're on the run, I think this is actually kind of fun because it, like if you're like really suffering through a mile or whatever, it, it does take your mind off it for a second. So same exact thing just as you're running and um you know this is a great thing to work on your form too because you could be like oh i'm i'm not holding my cord my knees aren't driving up because they're tired or whatever and so you just go through and start your head all the way down to your feet and you see what's tired what's tight and then you work with your breath to relieve those things but while you're running Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of say, um, uh, you can repeat stuff to yourself. Like my legs feel fresh and light or my, my, my glutes feel fresh and light. I like the idea of fresh and light, especially at a long run because it's kind of the opposite of how you feel, right? You know, weary (laughs) and really damn tired, but instead they feel fresh and light. And that, again, just saying that, um, in your head or saying it out loud to yourself is, um, can be a game changer. It really can. I totally agree. And like, you know, I've, I've tried it. Like I've, these are things that I've done myself because, you know, I wouldn't recommend it if it didn't work. And it's like, yeah, I know I'm totally lying to myself, but it doesn't matter. Like I, I can, and I, I'm a very visual person. So I will like imagine like cold air going through my body, like in the form of snowflakes down to my feet. And then I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Like I, I can, run a little bit more because sure. my feet are fresh and light. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, so let's go back to some practical things. I'm just curious, like how do you recommend somebody pick a, a marathon? If they have a marathon on their mind, like the going the distance and not a specific one, like where do you, where's a good place to start? Um, so that, that is a great question. Where to start when you want to run a marathon? Um, first thing I would say is, do you want to run close to home or do you want to go on a racecation? I'm a homebody. So yeah. I'm always just like, well, let's see what's in 50 mile radius. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I know some people like, like to travel. Um, from there, there's like amazing race websites. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of uh, it. To me. Bib, Bib Rave. Oh or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. So you can go to bibrave.com and that's like real runners who are ranking and rating marathons, um, which is so helpful because then you can know if a marathon is, you know, well organized, um, which I think I say this, 
you don't know how important a well-organized marathon is until you run one that is like chaotic and uh, just yeah. not well-organized. You know, if yeah. you don't have the right number of porta bodies at any race, like, you know, you're going to notice if everything goes well, you're just like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But um, yeah, so definitely Bib Brave is a great resource. If you are planning to travel um, to a marathon, but you're not sure yet, or you're not sure which one you want to do in that region, um, call the local running store. Uh, I think those guys and girls at those stores um, give the best tips on like, yeah, this is the race. And, and they have the insider knowledge because they're local and sure. they know. Yeah. That's a, that's a great idea. Awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. Well, so last, last little, any little bit of advice? I mean, so, um, I mean, when you're in the race, um, you know, it's hard sometimes to, even if you've done all the training on the 20 mile runs and the, you know, done all the work, it's still hard to sometimes wrap your head around 26.2, right? So when you're in the race, kind of how, how do you recommend people make sure that they soak it up as much as possible? Oh, that's a, oh man how to soak up the 26.2 miles. I know. Well, (laughs) um, it's, it's like, I don't know. Lately I've been thinking about the marathon as kind of like this journey of like a hero's journey almost. And, and it's, um, I think it's just reminding yourself like each mile, like how awesome this experience is not because like, you know, that there's crowds, even though that's nice, you know, but because like, you've trained for it like you've earned this you've earned the right to like run these 26.2 miles and you know most plants will get you to like 20 or whatever maybe 22 so those last couple miles are like uncharted territory for most people especially new marathoners and so I think it's like kind of exciting that anticipation. Um, this is another way that you reframe it. Some people get scared about that, but like, no, like, you know, going out and getting excited for what you haven't experienced before. And then, you know, really acknowledging yourself for, for doing that, for like facing the fear for, you know, reaching the distance. Um, I think that's the best way to enjoy it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Allie Nolan. You are a wealth of knowledge and super fun to talk about and your energy just comes through. It's really, really cool. And I'm glad that um, you're good at, you're getting back to running. And it's also nice to um, kind of have your real perspective, right? Because it's, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I wrote a book called Master the Marathon, so I should have it mastered. And the truth is, is that it's, it's a hard one to master, right? It's a, it's impossible to master. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I try to keep it real because like really nobody's going to master this distance, you know? So, um, but I want people to run how, their best, you know, absolutely. whatever that is. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> well, good luck with your comeback and thanks for your, for your time and energy and expertise, Allie. Thank you so much. This has been super fun.